Welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. I am your host, Dylan, of Neo News Today. In episode 31 of the NNT pod, I had a chance to sit down and speak with John Devados, the lead of NGD Seattle. This episode will be half of a two-part miniseries that we're releasing from this conversation with John. For part one, I really wanted to focus on who John is and what makes him so passionate about NEO and the broader blockchain industry. We touched upon Eric Jang and Da Hongfei's vision for the smart economy and why they were so ahead of their time in 2014 with regards to digitizing assets. Further, it was refreshing to hear John talk about how blockchain empowers the common man, especially in this time of central banks printing vast amounts of new money as a response to government-enforced shutdowns amidst the global pandemic. Other themes of this conversation included how NGD Seattle is building tools to make NEO the most developer-friendly blockchain by going to where the developers are, John's positive outlook on the future of blockchain in the coming years, and much more. So, I hope you enjoy listening to part one of our conversation with John as much as I enjoyed having it. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Dylan with the Neo News Today podcast. Today we have the opportunity to speak with John Devados. How are you doing today, John? Hey Dylan, very good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Super excited to have you back on a Neo News Today production. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, I think the last time we spoke in an official capacity for the production was at DevCon back in 2019. Yeah, almost a year ago, actually. Just about a year ago, exactly. Yes. Yeah, March Um, of last year. So, I know that around our parts in the NEO ecosystem, people know who you are. But for maybe someone who's listening to their first NEO News Today podcast ever, could you share a little bit about what NGD Seattle does, what your role is in the office, and a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again for for making time. And uh, I want to just wish a good day to all of your listeners and viewers. Uh, I don't know which time zone you're you're in, but wherever you are, I want to wish you a good day. Uh, So NGD Seattle, Dylan. uh, So we began with a very simple vision. You know, you've heard Hong Fei talk about our aspiration to build the most developer-friendly blockchain platform in the industry. And in Seattle, that's what we are helping make it happen. You know, uh, there are about 21 million developers across the world. And if you ask yourself or ask anybody in the community, you know, how many developers are there who know how to build a smart contract or even in some very strange you know, obscure language like Solidity on Ethereum. It's a very small number. Now, I believe, we believe that for blockchain to go mainstream, and it will go mainstream, we need to get millions of developers. Now, how we do it is not by making them come to us. We do it by going to where they are, which means we make it so easy in about three, four minutes to build a smart contract in the language of their choice, C-sharp, Java, Python, Go, you name it, right? And in the tools of their choice, you know, and that's what we have done. And we are building on that. In about three, four minutes, you know, build a fairly simple smart contract, 
edit, debug. You know, you know, debugging is a nightmare in the blockchain space, right? We've made it so simple. In fact, Dylan, you know, we've also done what we call time travel debugging. So you can go forward and backward in time. Anyway, to, I mean, long story short, the goal is very simple. There are millions of developers out there. We get them one by one. And we do this by building the most developer-friendly platform in the industry in the world. Well, we are definitely going to touch on the time travel debugger, but um, I w- I've asked you in the past, uh, what initially attracted you to NEO? And it seems unlikely that NEO was the first blockchain that you looked at. Uh, for most people, I know for myself that when I got interested in blockchain as a conversa- as a concept, I went out and I looked at Bitcoin and Ethereum and all sorts of different blockchains. So when you were first exploring which blockchain to work on, can you talk us through a little bit about the journey that you went through when you were exploring some of the other blockchains and maybe cite an example of why you moved on from each before you settled on NEO? Well, absolutely. I mean, it was a very easy, easy, easy answer for me, Dylan. So first of all, it's the architecture of NEO. I mean, the, the, the design, the elegance, uh, the loose coupling and the scalability of the design is unparalleled. We have the best architecture. And as a guy who spent 25 years in the in the software industry doing architecture, I can tell you, we have the best, the cleanest architecture. Second, it's the singular vision. You know, other chains, you know, it's the what the Brits call a dog's breakfast. You can do this and that and the other thing. For us, it's the vision, you know, Hong Fei's vision of the smart economy. We aim to digitize any and all assets. The singular vision drives us to focus, to focus on building the best possible stack and the tooling. And third, it's the people, man. I mean, it's the team. Look, look just look at the guys. We I mean, look at yourself, look at you know, the guys in Singapore, Shanghai, Brazil, Russia, Spain, Switzerland, I mean, all over. Right? It's just, it's just it's the people. We, we have a, I think we have a, an outstanding and a very unique set of people that, uh, you know, we our, our goal is to change the world and we're doing it man, piece by piece. Yeah, so we, it's the people. We do have an amazing community. Um, so how did you get from researching and performing your due diligence on blockchain projects and then arriving at the conclusion that you wanted to establish Neo Global Development Seattle? Uh, thank you for asking the question. Uh, folks might not be familiar with uh, kind of how this journey began. Uh, it, it kicked off with a couple of dinner meetings in Shanghai with uh, Hong Fei and Eric and some very good friends. And kind of just serendipitously, you know, we snowballed it. Uh, it was very simple. You know, the, the shared vision we all had was developers, developers, developers. And obviously, where could we do this? In the city where platforms are being built where Microsoft is building Azure, Amazon is building Amazon Web Services, Google is building their cloud. It was a no-brainer. Seattle was the, is the platform city. And for us at NEO to establish leadership, to get the best people, talent, and to drive this awareness and evangelism, Seattle was the place to be. So it was a no-brainer, man. Yeah, it was, it was awesome to be out in Seattle. It was my first time visiting um, when we had DevCon there last year. Um, so we, we, we had a good time, didn't we? We had, we had a few beers. We had a few other things as well. It was a very good time, eh? <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till this coronavirus is over and we can sit around, uh, sit around at the bar and have some more beers and talk Neo. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, 
why did you choose to structure Neo Global Development as a couple, uh, as a country, a company, as opposed to maybe some of the other community developer groups in the ecosystem? Uh, so actually, uh, we are a legal entity in the U.S., uh, which is not different from any other, or uh, almost every other community. In some fashion or other, every community is structured as a legal entity in the jurisdiction. There's obviously, you know, various benefits and, and advantages in terms of hiring, in terms of, uh, you know, the uh, tax benefits and so on and so forth. So we just followed the, you know, what appeared to be the easiest and the most obvious uh, approach there. Nothing different for us. And what were some of your your personal goals um, that you were you were initially coming up with when you were formalizing NGD Seattle, and what did you think would help you achieve them? It's a very good question. It's a very thoughtful question. Uh, so personal goals uh, for me, uh, it's again very simple. Goes back to our singular focus, which is taking blockchain development mainstream, which means. We give develop again. First of all, we go to where they are. That's something I learned from what twenty years at Microsoft. You go to where the developers are. Second, the development experience from edit, build, debug, test, deploy, private net, test net, main net has to be comparable to what developers are used to. Say building a you know Azure function or a, or an Amazon AWS Lambda function. And that's what we have done thus far. It's very simple. Go to where they are. Millions of developers, man. I mean, look, it's one thing that we know. We appreciate, you know, the crypto space and certainly the blockchain industry. We see the potential. We see the value, the benefit. But look, I'm I'm an evangelist. I want to get millions of people out there to see, to experience what you and I are seeing and experiencing, right? There is a sense of, of joy. I mean, we are building something fundamentally different piece by piece. It's about giving power and responsibility and a benefit back to the common man via the theme of decentralization. So for me, developers, decentralization and digital assets, being able to digitize assets, you know, there's too much bureaucracy, there's too much rent seeking. You know, if you use the economic principle, there is too much, you know, vampires in the middle. And I want to just break all this through and take it back, back to the roots. You know, for every man and woman on the street to to benefit from what they put into the system, and, and that drives me at the core to to make this real at scale globally for millions of developers and people out there. I love the the passion and the drive for evangelism because I know that you know I do the same. I try to do the same thing here in Colorado with Neo Colorado. Um, but you've been full-time in the Neo and blockchain industry for a couple of years now. And as Tyler from City of Zion calls it, YOLO crypto. And we have experienced now you're a survivor of wild market fluctuations like the summer of 2019 and Black Thursday in March of this year. So I guess after these past few years of building and being a part of these crazy market events. What are your thoughts now on the industry and industry participants? That's a, that's a fantastic question. So, so, so look, I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about this. And obviously, uh, I, I am not someone who can give uh, advice on investments or, or such. So I want to just caveat that. Uh, with that said, uh, what happened in March, Dylan, uh, was quite simple. Uh, it was a lack of liquidity across the board, 
across all assets. Uh, I believe what we saw in March will not happen again because we have the Fed and other central banks printing like there's no tomorrow. So liquidity in that sense as an issue, I believe really goes down the scale. So what happens next is very different. I believe there is mainstream and even at scale in large institutions interest for what they call alternative assets. Now, what does it mean? Obviously it means us, it means crypto, right? So I foresee a, a very strong future in terms of where we are as an industry. Why? It's very simple. There is no alternative, man. The fiat thing, the, the fiat train is on a journey to you know where. <laughs> exactly. This is going to keep printing and printing and printing. And, you know, we, we will basically uh, hit a logjam on that side. Now, what happened a couple of years ago, you know, summer of 2019 and earlier, we were still in the infancy, I believe. We were still going through teething trouble. But coming out of March, I have extremely strong conviction with this crisis of liquidity behind us, that this is a very different future. I think we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet. The next two, three, four, five years will be extraordinary for us in this space, Dylan. These sounds like the words of a man who has separated the market from the development of the industry. I, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, look, I'm, a, I'm certainly a market enthusiast and I play and dabble, but I want to just clarify again, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not qualified to give anybody advice on investments. However, I'm a big, I'm a believer. I'm a true believer. Yeah. But the reason I believe is because of the platform aspect. You know, at Neo, we have at this point, I believe the most developer friendly platform in the industry. And we're just beginning. We're just beginning over the next three, six, nine months, you will see us do more in this space. We will draw, we will attract, we will evangelize the best and the brightest out there. And the apps that result uh, will change the world, you know, as we've never seen before. So maybe you could share with us a little bit about what some of your assumptions about blockchain and the blockchain industry were when you first entered in the ecosystem in late 2018. And how have those changed or shifted in the time since through today? That's a very good question. Again, um, I, I will tell you. Uh, so I first dabbled in the blockchain, in the crypto space back in 2011. 2011, 2012 was the, probably the first time. And of course, at that time, I bought some uh, Bitcoin and uh, I lost my, my keys for a few of those along the way. Obviously, uh, my second journey was during my startup times uh, when I realized the platform nature, Dylan. It's something people, I think, often, you know, forget. We have seen platforms in history. We have seen, you know, mainframes and PCs and the web. But Dylan, in the history of computing, there has never been an economic platform. Blockchain is the first economic platform. And that's what, for me, was the big eye-opener a few years ago, saying, look, this is something the likes of which we have never seen before. Mm -hmm. So what have I learned in the last few years in terms of the of the space, the domain, and the industry? Uh, true believers, man, true believers. I mean, the people who are driving this are truly at the forefront, not just in terms of being geeks, in terms of being technologists. No, this is about society, about economics. I mean, people that the breadth and the depth of knowledge in terms of societal implications and economic implications, for me, I feel humbled and, and privileged to be able to work with people like yourself 
and my other colleagues in the space in in the industry because the level of knowledge and understanding you know people often think you know we are geeks or maybe you know we are whatever right but but truly the thought behind and the depth of understanding and the implication truly a, truly a humbling privilege man to work with people like yourself uh, i appreciate that and i 100% agree it's inspiring to be able to cover so many phenomenal uh, talents and minds in at neo news today Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, a plus one on that one. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, unique. I mean, you know, almost geniuses in in in, in different ways and fashions, right? Every one of the people I meet here. So uh, every day, I feel like, look, it's what what an honor it is to be building, to be building the tools for millions of developers out there, and to help play a very small role in in making this in this change happen at scale, Dylan. It's it's really refreshing to hear your perspective on taking what you learned at Microsoft and building a platform and then applying that to Neo. So you did work at Microsoft for many years. I'm interested to learn about the nuances and differences of working on a big project with a centralized team versus working on a large blockchain project with a decentralized team. Yeah, so it's a, it's a very, very good question. So first of all, I'll tell you, uh, I've, I've met... Uh, plenty of developers in my time over the years, right? Uh, I've not met someone like Eric. The way he's able to infuse, to, to bring together uh, his strengths in terms of software and economics, uh, I have not met a person like that, Dylan. You know, the, the level of, uh, of uh, you know, of, of almost genius level aspects there, right? Second, in terms of the approach and the process, uh, look, in a big company, there is a lot of bureaucracy. There is a lot of work for the sake of work, right? And it's the price you pay because obviously there's a tax, you know, tax in the in the broader sense of what it means to have a large team and processes in place uh, in the blockchain space, and certainly for us at Neo, extremely agile, right? I mean, you know, we know what it is we are, we are working on. There is no need to have to pay a price or a tax just for the sake of having to pay a tax. Uh, we're able to get things done faster. As you know, uh, it's much more uh, agile. And certainly, I believe it's much more responsive to the market. In a big company, you know, you have these 18-month plans. Sometimes you have a three-year plan. And by the time you ship something, the world has changed. <laughs> Right, the, the, the division you had for the product doesn't exist anymore in the market, the so-called product market fit. You know, for us as a very small startup, you know, this notion of product market fit is a daily activity, right? We assess daily and, and, and every week. And so we're able to, to be nimble and to ensure that what we ship uh, is actually meaningful and, and, and creating value for our developers and our customers and users out there. That's a big difference. Absolutely. And I think it's funny that you brought up the bureaucracy because um, in my former life, I worked the nine to five uh, desk job as an urban planner, which primarily my interest was positively affecting society at a large scale. I was really into developing a national high-speed railroad network. And then I discovered a lot of these um, scenarios and applications you're talking about where there are broader societal, economic, um, fiscal impacts that blockchain and Bitcoin and NEO can offer society, which sparked this whole new level of passion. So it was nice to be able to 
also create my own schedule and work from home and work in such an international community. Um, but I'm curious how this change in work culture has affected your life at a personal level. It's about the people. I mean, the people I've met, the discussions I've had, you know, have opened my eyes and my mind to things that I probably had some minimal level of knowledge. Secondly, to be able to, to deliver, to create value. I mean, you look at the things that we have shipped, for example, across the platform, you know, over the last six months, the preview two for Neo3, the work in terms of the Oracle, you know, ID, FS, and in Seattle, most specifically, time travel debugging, the visual token designer, you know, the visual dev tracker. Uh, we can ship things, and I'm just so proud and, and, and very happy to be able to deliver, to ship in a timescale, Dylan, that uh, would have been practically impossible in a larger organization. It just doesn't happen that way. And that's the relief. That's just a huge amount of, so it's a huge energy boost to be able to say, yep, we, you know, we can sit down, have a discussion, and in three days, we can ship a preview just like that. I I hear it in your voice, um, The that not only that you're 100% bought in, but that the the pace of development is just far exceeds what, you know, you were seeing at your enterprise level, um, Microsoft. I'm wondering if the perception of blockchain and blockchain development from your former peers and colleagues, uh, in the cloud and enterprise industry industry is changing if at all. It certainly is changing to absolutely. And I think, uh, this economic crisis uh, is certainly opening a lot of people's eyes. Absolutely, for sure. Right? With that said, uh, I think people kind of fall into three broad buckets from what I see. People you know, see it as crypto, and that's about as far as they go. And some people see the ledger and uh, kind of stop there. And there's a third group which goes beyond the ledger to see the platform nature. And I believe that is the set of people that will initially rapidly adopt what we what we ship as developers and consume the stack and build applications with that said uh, i don't see this uh, as as something that will stop in just that group uh, especially as the feds uh, print and print and print there is a lot of curiosity with respect to assets and digital assets and currencies so i i think the genie is out of the bottle at this point. And if it wasn't before, certainly this year is very much out of the bottle. And like I said earlier, the next two, three, four, five years will be phenomenal, both for the crypto space as well as the blockchain developer space. Absolutely. The the Fed goes brr and there's only 100 million NEO. <laughs> Right. That's exactly right. Talk about inflation, deflation, talk about obviously fiat versus, you know, all, all, all those good discussions. With that said, it's very clear. I think in the mainstream, when you have folks like Musk tweeting about it and J.K. Rowling tweeting about it, it's very clear that, you know, we've crossed the, the threshold at this point, right? There's no going back. It's only more strength and, and more power to, to, to the world of crypto and blockchain and certainly to NEO as well as we ship NEO3. Yeah. So Musk talked about Bitcoin and today JK Rowling released a trollish post saying that she only asked about Bitcoin to increase the value of her Ethereum holdings, um, which kind of brings me to what is unique about NEO and NEO's selling point is the smart economy, which can sometimes be 
a convoluted definition. And I know that various people within the ecosystem have various different perspectives on what the smart economy means to them. But I'm wondering from you, can we get some insight as to what you think Neo's vision and definition of the smart economy actually is? Yeah, for me, it's very simple, Dylan. It's about digital assets. Assets as we know, as we see, as we experience, as we you know, purchase uh, are going to shift from being purely analog to digital. And there will be some, some bridging and there'll be some new assets being created. And for me, this is the fundamental underpinning of the blockchain space, the sector, the industry, the domain. And that's why I, I have so much respect for what Hong Fei and the guys have done to be so crisp and so clear about the vision four or five years ago. Asset digitization is what the smart economy is about. Now, I feel like we might be uh, pounding the table here and, and repeating a lot of what you've brought up in, in this segment of our interview, but this was the final question that I wanted to ask you for this portion of our chat. When it comes to blockchain and NEO as a whole, what are you just so excited about moving forward? Oh, NEO 3, absolutely. I mean, the, the breadth and, and the span of the platform capabilities and the phenomenal tooling that uh, we will deliver, we will ship as part of the, the three launch. I mean, it's a game changer, man. I mean, when people come in and start playing with it, they will realize very quickly in a matter of minutes, being able to build, you know, very, very sophisticated applications. So Neo 3 is a very big deal. So keep an eye a few months, a few more months away. Um, in, in 2019, Hong Fei said that, um, Neo was going to be the best, the number one platform by 2020. And that has kind of evolved into the most developer friendly platform. I'm wondering if we're even at a place right now in the blockchain industry, if we have some sort of objective metric or objective standard right now that we can use to say which blockchain is or is not the most developer friendly. Yeah. So it's a very good question. So for me, two things. So productivity in terms of the developer uh, we are leaps and bounds beyond any other stack out there. And, and I'm happy to go do a bake-off with anybody. We are absolutely, you know, way, way beyond any other stack in terms of developer productivity. Number two, the, the span of the tool set, whether it's the debugger, whether it's the tracker, whether it's the, the, the new FX frameworks or the visual token designer, nobody has laid a vision with the breadth and the span of what we have done for developers. So on both counts, we are by and far way ahead of the rest of the field on that one, Dylan. So absolutely, no, no question about it. Well, what did you think of that conversation? When it comes to the development of the Neo platform, it is inspiring to hear John say things like, I'm happy to go do a bake-off with anybody. Nobody has laid a vision with the breadth and the span of what we have done for developers. It's also interesting to hear John talk about blockchain becoming mainstream and the positive perspective on distributed systems from his peers at the enterprise level. Neo News Today will air the second half of this conversation with John next Monday, which will focus on the tech side of NGD Seattle and the products they've released. Afterwards, we'll return to our fortnightly posting schedule. 
To keep up to date with the latest in the NEO ecosystem, visit www.neonewstoday.com. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Apple iTunes, and or Spotify. And leave a five-star review if you feel others should hear our content. Every subscription and review helps others learn more about the NNT pod as well as the NEO ecosystem. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the NEO News Today podcast, and we look forward to catching you next time. <laughs>